everyone. Welcome to the Unfiltered Podcast. My name is Lee Stevenson, and I have the joy and privilege of overseeing church planting for Converge, along with my co-host here. I'm Danny Parmley, and I oversee church planting for Converge Mid-America. And uh, it is so good to be with you all today. We've got a special guest on our podcast today. Uh, this is Steve Creer. So, hey, Steve, welcome to the Unfiltered Podcast. Yeah, it's great to be here today. Thank you so much for having me. Now, Steve, where is home for you? Yeah, so I live just outside of Fargo, North Dakota. So I'm I'm way up in the Northland, and uh, I oversee church planting with Converge through the Heartland District, as well as uh, I planted a church about 11 years ago just uh, where I live. So i um, been here for a while. And if people are wondering, yes, people do live up in that part of the country. People do live here. Also, fun fact, North Dakota is the least visited state in the Union. So wow. it is uh, it is not a place where a lot of people come, but uh, they should come more often because it's great up here. It is it is nice and uh, has its unique beauty to itself. So you, you planted Ignite Church, you said, a little over 11 years ago. Um, why plant a church in the Fargo region of the country? Yeah, so that that's a great question. I'm I'm originally from the area, and uh, one of the things that was super uh, a big burden on my heart was it was just constantly was nagging at me was the uh, reality that a lot of people knew about Jesus, but they didn't know Jesus. Um, they knew all the rules, um, but had none of the joy of the relationship. And so we had lots of friends who were religious unbelievers and uh, and just an area that desperately needs hope. Uh, Fargo, Moorhead area where I live is the third drunkest city in America. Hmm. Um, it's people drink hard and long here um, because of long winters and and uh, just not a lot of hope. And so we wanted to bring the hope of Jesus Christ to this area. And Steve, I'm, I'm sure that um, you get the jokes all the time, but in in reality, so the, the movie Fargo, is, is yes. that really what it is? like there and how how does that even inform i guess uh church planting a bit i guess yeah so one of the things that uh so we used to be mad about that mm -hmm. we'd be like no it's not like that and they talk about the geography and the movie is all messed up but is it flat yes is it white all in the winter yes does the wind blow hard yes and we've just started to kind of embrace in fact actually our visitor center in fargo has a wood chipper <laughs> um just that people, oh my. <laughs> so people can come take a picture next to the wood chipper. So we've started to kind of just embrace uh, the 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 press that we have, even if it's not totally accurate. Be because I'm sure as people are imagining your church plant, they're just they're just thinking of the white scenery. And there's there's Steve's yeah. church plant right there in the middle. There's just one little square little building. So yeah, I, kind of, I mean, I mean, there's definitely more buildings than that. But we we joke around and say that you can watch your dog run away for days because it's just so flat flat up here and uh, just the geography, but also like uh, a couple years ago, it snowed in nine consecutive months. Um, the first snow was in October. The last one was like May 3rd. Wow. And so, um, so yeah, it, it does stay snowy up here for a while. That's, that was kind of unusual, but yeah, it is, it is kind of, you come up here and if you come up in the winter, it's like, yeah, it's, it's all white. There's lots of snow. Um, and uh, we, we make it work. So very similar here in Florida. Too. Very similar. Yeah, it, kind of Tallahassee more than, yeah, than where you're yeah. at, but yeah, close. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so speaking speaking of movies, Steve, mm -hmm. uh -huh. you uh you started Ignite Church in a movie theater. I did. Talk a little bit about doing portable church. Um, and I'm curious too, like 
doing portable church situations when you are in Fargo Moorhead mm-hmm. in the wintertime. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, we, we planted the church. We, we, the schools weren't really open to having us. We weren't, a, every church is a church plant, but they hadn't had one uh, for a while that wanted to meet in schools. And so the schools were actually really hesitant about bringing us in. And so we had to look for other options and went to the movie theaters and, there was a movie theater in town. It was a discount movie theater. And and so my prayer was, God, please make this deal so good. I can only describe it as stupid. That was my prayer. And I went up to them and and uh, they said, you know, we don't have a lot to offer you, but yeah, we'll let you use our building. Um, how does $200 a Sunday sound? And we're like, yeah, that that's pretty awesome. And if you if you know about renting movie theaters or just renting space as a church planner, that is stupid great, stupid uh, cheap, stupid cheap. And uh, in about year six, they they upped it to about two hundred and fifty because we started using their projectors. Oh wow! Yeah, I, well, we started using their projectors, so they said, yeah, you can use. We'll have to up. Well, them. you got inflation too. We do, you know? yeah. So no, it was so it's been, they've been so good to us. Um, it is challenging to do church planning and movie theaters, especially for children's ministries. Um, it's dark. The movies floors are slanted. Um, the posters outside, like we've, we've had like Texas chainsaw massacre posters in our nursery. And so we had to like figure out how to cover those up and pray over the building a lot. (laughs) Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's been, it's been such a great spot for us because, you know, for, for the whole time we've, we've met it publicly. That's what we've been doing. And so we say we've done church in the cheap seats. Nice. Um, and it's been, it's been a really incredible space for people to feel comfortable who don't normally go to church um, to come in and, and uh, feel like, okay, I'm not going to get struck by lightning by walking in the building. This is actually direct quotes from people who've come in. So um, yeah, it's been, it's been a really cool thing. Uh, you said uh, church planning, portable church in the winter in Fargo area. Yeah, it is. It's intense. Um, the coldest we ever unload our tra- unloaded our trailer was 74 below wind chill. Wow. Um, it was so there is no excuse for a planter yeah. to complain. That's, That's right. That's right. Yeah. Saying. Back in my day. Yeah. <laughs> um, we also walked uphill both ways uh, to get there. Just kidding. There's no hills here. Um, so uh, yeah, we, we walked it, you know, like 74 below is just dangerously cold. Like it, yes. it is, it is, it's a health concern. And so we had to like schedule our teams to be like, Hey, come in, come out. Don't, don't linger. Um, but that was the day that we, um, we brought our equipment in, we set it out and somebody went to like adjust a boom mic stand to like put it up for the worship team. And we snapped the stand in half because it was so cold. Wow. Um, and that's when we realized we need to let our equipment thaw out on the ground before we set it up because it was destroying XLR cables and all of our yeah. sound equipment. It was really, really hard on it. Yeah. Speaking but, of which, did you have to have any sort of heated storage during the winter or did you literally park it outside and just hope for the best? We that that's the the latter is the true, uh, Danny. We didn't have a heated space. And so, yeah, we had to show up in the winter. We had to show up extra early and it's darker. Um, so we had to show up extra early to get the equipment out on like get into the building and lay it out on the floor so it could start to warm up before we um before we set everything up but you learn i mean like but every every uh church plant has their own unique weird things right and so you just you learn to adapt and you go with it and you know in arizona you're shaking scorpions out of your shoes and you know you just gotta figure things out but uh but yeah that was one of the unique challenges we had up here was just uh battling the cold it's just really hard on equipment 
Now, you, uh, not only being a church planter in that part of the country, you help oversee church planting for Converge in what we kind of call the Heartland District. Mm-hmm. Um, where, why don't you describe to us what the Heartland District is, first yeah. of all? Yeah, so it is it is a, a group of states that start at the Canadian border all the way down to the great nation of Texas. So we have North Dakota, South Dakota, Nebraska, Kansas, Oklahoma, and then Danny and I share a little bit of the Kansas City metro. We both have church planners in Kansas City. So it's just this long strip right down the center of the country. That's the that's the area that I oversee for church planning. What what do you see as kind of the greatest need of church planters that have a desire to plant in the, that area of the country? Um, what are you looking for? What kind of characteristics may differentiate them from somebody to say that wants to plant on the East Coast or in a major city? And, yeah, and, great question. And, and I'll jump in because it may uh, piggyback it. If you can also explain if transplanting works. In other words, if someone is, you know, from California yeah. or Washington or New Hampshire and go, Hey, I, I want to plant in the heartland. Uh, yeah. Does that work? Or what, what are the you know possible challenges? Yeah, no, that's, that's also a great follow-up to that. Um, yeah. So to plant a church in the heartland of America, you just have to be grittier than, than other people. Like the, like you just have to have a resolve because it's not going to be easy it's not going to come as fast. You have to understand that like people in other places, people are flocking to certain cities um, and they're like, oh yeah, I planted a church and 3000 people showed up or a hundred people showed up, uh, you know, and you're like, okay, well, I got a group of 20 um, and I'm just gonna, I'm in this for the long haul. And and so the, 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 the launch teams are smaller, um, the usually, so I say that usually, you know, there, there's definitely places where it can work a little bit different. But for the most part, you just have to have a gritty resolve to be here. Um, it's not an area of the place that people come to um, very often. Like I, I said, you know, uh, North Dakota is the, the least visited state in the country. Um, there's not a lot of people that come here. Um, different, you know, um, and so with that, um, there's a suspicion of people who live here. So you're going to come in and you're going to plant a church here. First off, that's going to be something kind of different already. But why, why would you come here? Because we have the, it's the mentality that no one comes here. Um, You know, I, I can't fly direct to anywhere in my district from where I'm at Um, because there's no direct flights from Fargo to Omaha or Fargo to Wichita or Kansas city. You know, like you have to like, there's, there's no good easy way to get here. So you just have to understand that you're going to be here. um, You're going to be spaced out a lot more. um, And you're going to have to link arms with people um, who are like-minded, but uh, might not always totally line up, but you got to work together in order to make it happen. And that's like, yeah. So if somebody comes in from the East coast or the West coast and and wants to plant in in the middle of Kansas um, or in Nebraska or South Dakota, it's going to be met with some suspicion. Like, why are you here? No one comes here. Why are you here? And uh, there's a fierce independence that comes with our district because we've, we have the mentality that you always have to do it on your own. And um, that's, that's how people take it too. And that's how they approach their, their walk with Jesus as well. So, you know, I'm going to heaven because I'm a good person is probably the most common response that you'll get um, because people, 
Like, well, I had to work hard for everything else so I could work hard for salvation too. So yeah, walking through those are, are some of those interesting challenges. Love it. Now, thinking through, you know, a church planter that's going to jump into the Heartland District, mm -hmm. um, especially if they're an outsider, they're going to be greeted with a level of suspicion. Mm -hmm. um, why are you here? Um, how do you coach a church planter that may be looking, going, man, I feel like God has called me to reach this farming community in Northwest Nebraska. Mm -hmm. Like, how do you, how do you coach them on how to, what to do when they first land in that yeah. community? Boots on the ground. Yeah. I, I, we talk a lot about finding that person of peace. You need to find a local connection, even if it's, and, and often what happens is it's someone who has been around there a lot, but isn't from there. Um, so they're one of us, but not one of us. So when my, when my parents moved to a rural, uh, part of uh, the country. I actually, Northern Minnesota is where I grew up. Um, I lived there from when I was eight and I'm still not from there. Hmm. And so what happens is usually you find people who, who kind of move to the area for whatever reason. And if you can find a connection, uh, a person of peace, someone who has connections into the community, um, but they might actually not be from there. Although you might find them, but, but most of the time it's, it's, it comes from someone who is church planting friendly um, and gets you and understands you, but also, you you go in on their reputation you go in on their relationships um if you put a sign up up front say hey we're a new church most people will just be like yeah i'm good they're not they're mm -hmm. not too eager to just check out something that's not known in some way shape or form if that makes sense so that that I mean, that's when the first people are like hey we want to come in um first off yeah are you from the area are you from the are you even from the region if not um finding that person of peace and even if you are um sometimes just moving to a different part of the state or a different state next to you, finding that person to peace. Now, thinking through like North Dakota, mm -hmm. um, I think this would be helpful for people to kind of get a picture if they've never been to North Dakota. What is the overall population of North Dakota? And then how much of that is in like Fargo? Yeah. Yeah. So overall population of the state of North Dakota is around 700,000, the entire state. Um, uh, and so that there's, it's pretty spaced out. Um, so you get, you get graduating classes in schools of 15, of five, of, wow. of 20. Um, it's nuts. Yeah, I know. It's crazy, isn't it? Um, uh, I know homeschooling families that are bigger. So it's crazy that, that <laughs> they have, you know, they, they have these, these uh, pockets, but yeah, Fargo, Moorhead, um, uh, Moorhead, Minnesota is right on the, on the edge there. Fargo is, the Fargo metro area is 250,000 to, yeah. So, so if you figure that, so 700,000 so of the state, population of the state yeah. is yeah. represented just in that one city metro area. Yes. And then an hour North, you have Grand Forks, North Dakota, um, that has the university of North Dakota. So that, that will, that has about a hundred thousand that area. So you, you look at like where the population is, it's on the, the vast majority is on the Eastern side of the state, right along the Minnesota border actually is where most of it is um and uh and so yeah so it's, it's spaced out um but it also creates a really neat culture with it as well so what is the reality of a planter that comes and they're not going into a city center you know and i'm calling fargo moorhead yeah grand fork city centers yep 
Metropolis um, is for that that purpose. Yeah, Metropolis yeah. Is. Yes. they are given the context of where you, you yeah know, you're at. So yeah, I mean, like, do you? I mean, do you recommend them to be bivocational? Mm. Um, not necessarily, but it definitely helps. Or at least if you have a skill that is transferable, like a trade. So if you can go and you you might not be a full time plumber, but you can help the local plumber, or you can drive a combine. Um, that's a tractor for harvesting. Just so people who, <laughs> if you don't, don't know, know what a combine oh, yeah. is, don't plant in North Dakota. <laughs> that's right. It's right. Uh, so yeah, exactly. Uh, fun fact, by the way, too. Fargo is the largest city across the top of the U.S. until you get to Portland and Seattle. Hmm. So it is a it is a it is it's it is like you said the metropolis it is it is a hub um even though it's not a huge hub it is a hub because of how spaced out everything is um and so yeah i i think you don't necessarily have to but man it really helps if you're handy um you know to be able to to help out build relationships or or have some kind of business acumen that you can come in and and start uh, building relationships. And and I guess Maybe. even even besides just money that it helps to that whole credibility issue as you were saying before and if you're mm-hmm. coming from some other context it's like no I'm out here in the fields or I'm getting my hands dirty, you know, with with the plumbing like you said it's probably a relationship builder beyond just a means of of extra cash. Yeah, I I would even say it's more important than the money. Um you know, money money will come you know, those kinds of things. Um, but yeah, to, to build relationships, to understand that I'm here for more than just uh, selling you a bill of goods, but I'm actually trying to get involved in the community. So maybe it's, maybe it's not a trade, but maybe you're into, you substitute teach or you coach or, you know, those kinds of things, things that's going to get you into the fabric of the community, mm-hmm. as well as what's really nice is we still have a, 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 a Christian memory here, although it's fading, we still have a Christian memory of, of, communities that were that the pastors were community leaders mm-hmm. um and so you you do have a tremendous opportunity to get involved in your city because they're always looking for people so rotary city government schools hospitals um you know farming communities any kind of thing that you can come alongside and help mm-hmm. people if you show that you're going to be here because um, they just don't want you to come and leave. Yeah. They want you to stay. So uh, along with that follow-up, there there seems to be just a little bit of attention. You had mentioned before about being in the theater, but also if you're new or an outsider, it might not go as well as stability. How does that factor into having a you know permanent location, white church with you know steps and yeah. a steeple, yep. a type of thing? Yeah. What speak to that tension a little bit of. Um, of having that permanency or having a little bit of that traditional edge in comparison to uh, the theater feel. Yeah, it definitely lends credibility to the area. We were actually able to to buy the movie theater over COVID that we've been meeting in. So we, we for the first time, we, we closed on it end of December. So we have uh, less than a year into our building that we've always met in. But the, the, the amount of people that are coming now, um, just because they walk by and see the space, are like, oh, I know you're staying. Mm-hmm. Um, was a thing we've been here a decade. So yeah, I think, you know, having some kind of space that you're just not going to be fly by it's, it's met with, you know, like, oh, so you're going to start a church, but you don't meet in a church and then you're not, you don't have any space and you're renting your house. And, um, I don't know if you're going to stick yeah, around. We'll see how long you, yeah, yeah exactly. We'll yeah. How we'll long you'll be here. Yeah. It's a lot of wait and see. And so if you can, if you can establish some kind of permanency or put down roots, uh, stake your flag in the ground saying we're here. Um, even if it's opening a coffee shop that the church meets in or something like that. So it could be dual function as well. 
Love it. Now, to our listeners, as we kind of wrap up the conversation here, Steve, Mm -hmm. um, share your heart and maybe your prayer specifically for the Heartland. And how can we as listeners pray along with you when it comes to really the harvest of the Heartland? Yeah, it's it's an area that desperately needs hope. Um, we pray that that we can start uh, that that every city can have a, a church that ha- brings gospel transformation. Um, the winters are long. The you know up this way down south. I mean, just even in the in the Kansas Oklahoma area, meth um, is a huge problem in the heartland because it's easy to produce out here because there's lots of spaces that you can just go make it and nobody knows that you're even around. Um, so meth is meth usage alcoholism, domestic violence. Um, these are the things that, that, uh, that happen when people don't have hope. They, they try to lean on other things. And when that God, when that God fails them, then they lash out. And so I think just bringing hope, uh, to the area, um, rural America is becoming one of the fastest de church populations in America. And, uh, so you're seeing, you're seeing a lot of those kinds of things We're under-resourced. Um, and, and so, yeah, if, if you're feeling called or want to know more, uh, by all means, we'd love to talk with you. Um, and if you're in the area hearing this, um, man, I, I think that the need is great and the opportunity is even greater. How, how, if somebody feels an inkling to look at planting in the heartland, how do they best get a hold of you, Steve? Yeah, um, you know, my you can email me, steve at convergeheartland.org is uh is probably the easiest and best way to do that you can go to the converge.org website um and look up the the heartland district um and that'll direct you right to us as well so when you come onto the website and you get the district map you can click on the center of the country and and we can uh, get connected because we'd love to love to start a conversation love it well steve thanks for being with us today for all of our listeners thanks for tuning in this is the unfiltered podcast until next time keep it real 